0: what's up bikers i'm robert this is the biker bar podcast episode 127 i'm not gonna say wow this time because that's what i do all the time so instead i'll just talk about wow that's a lot <laughs> anyways today's guest if you don't know who he is i don't know what rocks are hiding under in the mountain bike youtube world but that's seth Aldo from burn peak and burn peak express or the man formerly known as Seth Bike Hacks. Anyways, before we do that, let's go ahead and get started with the with the normal beginning of the show stuff. Do me a favor and swing by my Instagram or my Facebook and give me a follower over there. There's a bunch of free content. You can see what's going on. When I'm traveling, I usually put it there. Like last weekend I was in SoCal. If you're on my Instagram, you knew I was there. Then you could, could meet up and ride some bikes or whatever. Anyways, it makes me happy whenever I see that 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 subscriber or follower number grow. So that means a lot and I keep making content because of it. So same thing goes with this channel here if you're watching on YouTube. Do me the favor, hit the subscribe button. Really not that hard. Takes like a second out of your day. Boom, you got it. If you like what you're listening to, hit the thumbs up. That's rad. It helps spread the word. And if you don't like what you're doing, hit the thumbs down button like twice. It'll it'll like it'll make you feel better about yourself. Anyways, <laughs> Outside of that, those of you guys on Patreon, I really appreciate you, every single one of you. You guys definitely make a huge difference in this channel. It's as cheap as a buck a month or as expensive as whatever you want to donate. So it helps buy camera gear, put beer in the fridge, I don't know, gas in my truck. That thing is ridiculous right now, 200 40 bucks up for a full tank. That's amazing. Anyways, uh, let's see. What else do I do here at the beginning? Somebody, oh God, I don't know. It doesn't even matter at this point. Let's just go ahead and get started. We'll bring Seth back on. What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on? Good to oh, be back. Man. Yeah, man, it's been a while. I was looking at the, like, the old episode, and I think it was like 70-something whenever you were on last. 70 something yeah yeah the, the episode number so it was like oh the episode number like okay that. yeah 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 And I it's can't believe one, you're in the triple digits like deep into the triple digits right yeah, yeah. I, do you do you listen to podcasts very often I do I yeah I, I I do here and there mostly like road trips you know is whenever I really get into them but I sometimes I'll listen to them when I'm, I'm doing like our road rides as well but I usually, when I start a podcast, I go straight to the beginning and I try to urge people when they go to my podcast, like start at the end and work backwards because man, I had a lot of problems at the beginning.
1: <laughs> I know. I know it's, uh, but it's good to see you grow. Like I, when I look at back at my old videos, I cringe like, oh my God, I can't believe I was doing it that way. Or wasn't wearing a helmet or, you know, just you learn and you just gotta, you just gotta truck forwards. And do yeah. Better yeah. next time.
0: Yeah, you know, and the thing I always have to remind myself is the same thing, like, with your channel, is that you got subscribers when you had none. So it must not have been horrible content, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, I was up against not as good a content, though, back then. It was like 2015, and everybody was trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we all rose together
0: yeah i hear you there yeah i definitely definitely hear you there but i don't know anyways did you um do you ever go do you ever go to the movies ever yeah like recently i've
1: been to a movie theater before
0: <laughs> you know they sell popcorn and stuff did you see the yeah. new the new top gun movie
1: no i haven't been to a movie recently i uh man dad life i don't go i don't get out and do anything
0: yeah it, it's it, all just at locked home. Down, huh? i heard it was good though yeah, I know it was really good, but there goes that whole conversation.
1: Yeah, that, <laughs> that goes. Well, well, here, I saw in the comments over here, it's Shark Week. I didn't even realize that, that that was still that's a mean, thing.
0: I don't need, I, I never got into that. I don't know. What is it about? Sh- I, there's some like cult classic reason that that's like crazy popular. I don't understand why people are really into sharks. Are you into sharks?
1: I like sharks. Like if I go, like if I go snorkeling um, I hope to see a shark. And sometimes I, I haven't been snorkeling in a while, but like I used to go snorkeling and see sharks and I'm like, oh, that, that's so cool. Not a really big shark. I'd be, you know, kind of bummed out, but like, you know, just a you know sand shark or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's so pretty much like cool. the
0: last thing I want to see if I'm snorkeling is a shark. <laughs> Char-
1: sharks are pretty chill. Like a shark the size of you yeah. doesn't want anything to do with you.
0: Right. In right, fact, yeah. they
1: might even hang around you because you might kill something, and they can eat yeah. part of it. They pick you up know? My scraps. So barracudas <laughs> will do that. They'll follow you around because they think you might kill something.
0: Right. <laughs> That's interesting, man. It's definitely. Um, I don't know. I I love being in the water, but it, maybe it's because I grew up in the '80s and Jaws was like a big thing. But the ocean is cool and all, but I I like I I like it at a like at a at a distance, maybe you know. <laughs> I don't know. I know what you mean. Like, actually, the ocean, I have no problem
1: with. I'll go in the ocean in the middle of the night. I'll just swim out. into the. And I know you're not supposed to do that, but, like, I love love the ocean. But lakes freak me out a little bit. Really? I mean, I'll go in a lake. I'll swim in a lake. But they freak me out more than the ocean.
0: Yeah. I, I don't really. Like, for me, the thing with the ocean is more like once you get out and it's, like, super deep and you're, like, so far away from land or something like that's when I start getting really in my head, I could run out there in the, in the night and jump in the water. That wouldn't really bother me, but um, definitely like you're out snorkeling, you know, and you're out on some, you know, boat that dropped you off and you are like, you know, hundred yards away from that boat. And you're like, start, you're start thinking about like how, like, I can't very quickly like get back to safety. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't know why I don't think about that. Yeah.
1: Like I'll be in a lake and I'm like, Oh my god! I'm gonna step on a piece of glass. Like somebody was drinking here, and they smashed bottles. Or like I'm gonna step on a turtle, and the turtle is gonna be all bummed out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't think about
0: the things that I, I should be worried about, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, it's just this weird thing. But I, I've been trying to talk myself into going on a cruise because. I don't know, something about it like kind of sounds fun, like like you could take one through the Caribbean and go to like five or six different islands or whatever. Yeah. But I have this huge anxiety about being in a boat where I can't see land. I've never been in a boat where I can't see land.
1: Oh uh, no, if you go on a cruise, you're not gonna be you're not gonna have any anxiety, I promise you. Yeah, that's the last thing you're gonna have on a cruise.
0: Just a hangover, and that's it. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're gonna be you're gonna be fine. Um, I've actually only been on one cruise. Um, and it was in Alaska. And so there's tons of waves, the boats rocking everywhere. It rained every single day. And it was like in the forties the entire time, but Uh it was awesome. Um, like we just looked out the window and could see like whales jumping out of the water and we stopped in all sorts of cool places. It was on my honeymoon. But, um, I said, the next time I go on a cruise, I'm going to do like the really, the stereotypical one. Yeah. Like it's going to be in the Caribbean or something because being on the boat is cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. My 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 wife wants to do the Alaska cruise. That's the one we actually were talking about doing. So that's interesting that you had that perspective. It's so beautiful up there. It's sweet. Yeah, it's pretty
1: good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you saw big old whales and stuff.
1: Yeah, we look. I have it on video. I looked out into the distance, and there's like literally whales like breaching the surface, like a whole pot of orcas, which I know orcas are not technically whales, but, um, they're technically big old dolphins,
0: but, uh,
1: but it was awesome nonetheless. And, um, or nevertheless, and, uh,
0: Don't worry, they'll it, correct you in the comments, man. I know, yeah. <laughs>
1: when you, yeah, when you're when you're not writing, you don't get a chance to correct yourself, and you're you're just talking. But uh, <laughs> another thing that's awesome, about, and and I know this is probably not good for you because you're trying to behave yourself, but like the food, you know, it's all in. It's like they have all these restaurants on the boat, and mm-hmm. it's like oh, it's five thirty, like it's starting to get to be dinner time. Let's go to that awesome like buffet with awesome food everywhere, and so yeah yeah it all comes back to the food
0: yeah and that is the fun part about being on vacation right is just letting letting loose regardless of if it's like food or beer or whatever it is it's just fun right oh yeah I um I went to Jamaica like two weeks ago or something like that and um Katie and I got married while we were there and That's awesome yeah 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 it's pretty rad but we've been together forever so i, I just figured
1: you guys were married already
0: yeah we've been together for like 12 years i think we were engaged i had to look it up on facebook we were engaged for like eight years it was just not like high on the priority list and uh so anyways while we were there though you know you get into that habit it's probably the same way that you were explaining food but for me it's more like beer it's like we ate breakfast you walk over to the beach and you're like eh, i have a beer i mean it's nine (laughs) you know and and you you come back to the real world and you're like okay well now i have to wash my own dishes and i can't drink at nine o'clock in the morning anymore and be you know still productive with my life so here we are I,
1: i uh for like for the last decade i have not been on vacation very often like almost never yeah um there was my honeymoon and then every other time I travel, it was for something related to the channel. Or, and some of those trips were awesome. But it, it wasn't vacation because you're still on. You still yeah. have all these things that you need to accomplish while you're there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then just recently, I went out to Lake Lore, which is just like a lake 45 minutes from me. And we we rented a house out there. We rented a pontoon boat. Took the little tyke out on the lake. like Just, just had an awesome time. And I, I got to do that more often, even just for the weekend. Yeah. Um, getting old
0: i i tend to do the same thing as you and i um i don't take very many actual vacations you know and and a lot of times they're just like weekend kind of things but they're usually revolving around something else katie travels a lot for work so sometimes we'll go you know i'll tag along where she's going or something like that so it's kind of like a mini thing but to actually go and just like unplug for a few days and you know, not post to social media and just, uh, just like, just be people that's, it's really valuable. And I, I don't know if it's just getting older, you start to recognize it or what, you know? Well, you, you, as you get older, you look back on your life and you're like,
1: okay, so I was doing all that work and I was doing all that work. Like, when do I get to, when do I get to just live in the moment? Yeah. You know? And instead of like, I guess I don't know, accruing work or whatever. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, you look back and you're like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And so um, I'm starting, especially now that I have a baby daughter, like Mm -hmm. I'm really starting to look at that. I'm like, wait, now is definitely the time I'm supposed to be living in the moment and just enjoying my life and cashing in on all of the work that I've done. Like if I can... You know, figure out a way to make it work to take an extra day off. Now is the time to do it, like while she's little. And uh, I never, I never thought that way. I always just felt guilty. Yeah. Going on vacation.
0: You'll hear it a million times, and the only way that you'll understand it is when you're there. But it goes by unbelievably fast with them being small. Um, I know. My son is is in his twenties now, and. Uh, God. You know kind of along the same lines of what you were just talking about. He's been saving all kinds of money. Like when I was his age, I just like I, I was frivolous with money and like just all about the moment. Like, hey, let's go to Berlin. Right on, let's do it. You know, like didn't like didn't have any like means of savings to me. And uh, but did you regret it? No, no, I don't personally, yeah. but um some some people would. And it definitely wouldn't have like hurt me any if I could have like at least like curbed some of the spending and maybe maybe like was a little bit more financially responsible but what i was telling him like he's the polar opposite where he's like he's got this huge nest egg saved and i'm telling him you know while we we were down in jamaica i was like look dude you have to like live a little bit like you can't you can't put everything away for this time in the future because i've seen people not make it to that time you know and no that's true you know, I've seen a handful of people that I've worked th- with through my, my professional career that retire and die like within a year of retirement. And it's like, I, you hear about Dude. that so much. Yeah. What
1: the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you hear about that and yeah, it just, it just happens. I, 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 I don't, yeah. You got to live a little bit, you got to do some stuff. And so I'm starting to recognize that and, and trying to plan little trips and and uh, get out. I think the last couple of years were really freaky, too. And even if you wanted to travel, sometimes it wasn't so possible. And, uh, yeah, we can kind of
0: move out of that now and enjoy life. Yeah, so in the comments over here, I don't know if you're watching or not. You don't need to. But uh, I don't usually pull up many of the comment questions. But Evan's MTB saga just can't. he's just losing his shit about this. So he, and it goes along with what we're saying. So he's like asking, what's your retirement plan with the the YouTube journey?
1: So I don't have plans. I just, I just seize opportunities. Now that's not to say that I've, so so like right now I'm 37, I don't need to retire. Um, And I plan to work as long as I can work. But I'm constantly building assets that will give me a return so that I can work less and less or so that I can rely on working less and less. Like the ranger station was a big one. I've got a couple of other projects like that kind of going on in the background um, that people will eventually know about. And I'm always diversifying how I make a living. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm actually doing a little bit of consulting on the Mm -hmm. side. Um, just to kind of get back into it and
0: and uh, keep it alive. So, like like the IT web consulting stuff that you used to do, or no, YouTube stuff? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Like, what you, what <laughs> kind of consulting are we talking about here?
1: No, 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 nothing like that. I'll get I can get more into that another time. But um, gotcha. no problem. But but yeah, but um, I I never. I'm never complacent. Like I never just, Oh, this is going great. Let me just keep doing this. I always try to do something else and I'm always looking at ways to, um, like I still drive a Honda, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather buy a house that I can rent out or something or a, um, you know, things, things that can help build for the future. So my retirement plan, I don't have, I don't have a pension or anything like that. It's going to have to be real estate it's going to yeah, have to yeah. be real estate that that generates income that's the only way i can do it um yeah. maybe there are other ways you know just amass enough funds but i, I don't know this the stock market's pretty gnarly yeah
0: yeah i definitely. guess over
1: the course of 10 years it's usually pretty good but it it kind of scares the crap out of me um the thing about a house is it can it can fluctuate in value tremendously but somebody'll always rent it Or rent it on Airbnb or you can sell it and cash out on it. It's just, it's, it's an asset class that I really understand. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I feel like just because there are other ways that you can do it, like, you know, cryptocurrency, we saw how that worked out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just like to do things that I understand and real estate makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah. You're buying a
1: piece of the earth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I can say that, in my lifetime, I've, I've made a boatload of money on real estate, but I've, I've also lost a bunch on real estate too, so. But, oh, you can uh, totally do that. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I, I, in the long run, for the most part, I mean, it's it's just like what you said. I mean, it, it, at the very least, at the very least, I very seldomly does your house like lose a lot of value from what you paid for it, you know, aside from what happened in 2007 or whatever that, you know, when everything kind of fell apart and, you know, I think with that being said, typically you'd at least be able to sell your house for like what you paid for it and whatever amount of time that you've been making payments, you would at least get that back in profit. And that's the way well, I always look at it, you know. And when it comes to the house you live in,
1: I never get really hung up on what the value of the house is because you can live in the freaking thing. Yeah. Right. There's no other investment you can live in. So is so if you think what what could you rent your house out for, if your mortgage payment is less than that, then you're coming out on top. And then right. eventually someday you stop paying for it. Right. It gets paid off and you just, you know, or if you, you know, bought the house, if you're lucky enough to buy a whole house for cash, which I'm not, but right, um, yeah, if you're if you're paying less than you would to rent it, then you're on top. If the house goes down to half value, who cares? You're still you're still doing okay so you don't even look at it yeah yeah
0: yeah I know I hear you there and for the most part even the house like the home that I lost money on was during that you know when everything went down downhill and uh I because of life I decided a bankruptcy was the right thing to do at the time and um so it, it honestly it really worked out but that house I I paid like over half a million dollars for and it was selling for like i think whenever it went to auction it sold for like less than two hundred thousand. but in california yeah yeah oh my
1: god can you imagine the person that got that
0: yeah right they're stoked (laughs)
1: they're super stoked right (laughs) Right. but yeah it's 10 years since it's been what 13 14 but what i can say
0: since that right right but what i can say is if I would have just kept the house anyway and just like decided to stay and been like, Hey man, I paid it. That's what happened. That house is worth that and probably more again. So it would have played out. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of whether you have the time for that, you know? And, um, so, but yeah, that's, it's definitely interesting. you know, like to think about, I, I put money into like retirement from like my job. but other than that i don't really put a whole lot of thought into like how things are going to play out in retirement and and maybe i'm just naive but like what i'm putting into my retirement fund is is going to be plenty fine but like I, i guess what i'm saying is i don't really get too hung up on it because it it just seems to work out for people like, how many people do you know in your family that got to like sixty five and were like, "Oh my God, I'm broke," you know? Like,
1: yeah, it work out for people, but th- because they adjust their lifestyle to meet where they're at. Like, it, right. if you don't plan for it, you're living in California and you're you have a house and everything, and then when you're retired, you're like, "Well, okay, I've got to just move to the cheapest place possible that where like the supermarket's like thirty minutes away and yeah, yeah. Uh, hunker down." You yeah, know, right. I wanna I wanna be able to do stuff in my retirement. Like I, I do save. I do yeah. save. Probably not as good as your son does. When yeah, I was 22, I 23, does. I wasn't saving money.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean my my I, I think that my my I kind of just always think to myself that where I'm at right now with the, the house that I have, more than likely it's get to retirement age, sell this house, leave the state, and then use the, the equity from this to buy another house. And then everything that I've put into my retirement will work out to be like plenty of spending money to like do whatever the hell I want to do. You know what I mean? I mean,
1: that's perfect then.
0: Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I do guess whatever
1: the hell you want to do, you're, you're winning.
0: Right. But I, I don't feel like I, I would li- I don't live like a, a life that needs to be like really expensive. Like I'd be super stoked if I lived where somewhere where I'm just like able to go mountain biking every weekend. And you know what I mean? Like, like it's it's not totally. like a, some people have this idea of retirement where they're like, you know, globe trotting and this and that and the other. And just, you know, living some kind of more lavish life. And honestly, I I don't really need a really big house. I don't You know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Honestly, if I have my wits about me, I'm never going to retire. Like I I might, I might stop doing one thing and start doing another thing, and maybe I can't foresee like how I'm going to think in like my 80s or hopefully my 90s. But like, it just seems like okay, if I have a bunch of time, it's like I'm going to start some kind of project. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm the type of person to stop working. I I just love working.
0: So I'm, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with you there.
0: I mean you know, pretty so, much we cannot start talking at the same time again, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> With Go that ahead. slight delay.
0: Right? Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's enough to get caught up. No, I, I think like honestly, like what I would really enjoy if I was retired is like if I had some rental properties, just going for you know, mow the lawn, fix the faucet, patch some drywall, just staying busy. It's like yeah. it's like, good for you. I think that's the
0: secret to to getting old man is just like every every, I don't know any old people that just watch TV all day and that's like live to be 95 you know they're like if you're 95 you're also like yesterday on your roof like changing the, the 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 uh roofing tiles or something you know what I mean like you never hear these like 95 year old people They're just like Yeah I've been sitting On my couch Smoking cigarettes Watching soap operas For the last 35 years You know like
1: Yeah it's Or maybe you just Don't hear from those people Because they're They're on the couch On the cigarettes <laughs> Right <laughs> That
0: could be it That totally could be it Man so Who knows Um, I was gonna ask you So you got that Cricket a while ago Or you didn't get the cricket You got the other uh, Sticker making machine What's that one called?
1: The, I forgot what it's called. I should have gotten the cricket.
0: So, so how did that play out? Was it just like a pure, like purely a video idea or was it like, man, I think I would use this.
1: Oh no, it was totally. I think I could use this and I have like, Uh I wanted to be able to print labels for bikes on flip bikes so that when I'm Uh restoring it, I can just scrape whatever's off of there and put something on there. But it's this machine is really, it's got a really bad software. I don't think the machine is that bad, mm-hmm. but the software is, it's bad. And yeah. like, I know like maybe that's a harsh judgment, but like, I've, I've used a lot of software. This, this software <laughs> is not even formatted right for the screen.
0: Oh, wow. That's nice. You
1: know, like all the text is all inconsistent with the OS and stuff. It's like, oh, it's wow. got all the red flags of, of just like, Hastily thrown together software. And yeah, it's, it's really difficult to use. It's really inconsistent. It's got a lot of bugs, and you gotta restart it and do all sorts of workarounds to make it work. But I figured it out. And so now I can make stickers. It's kind of cool. Um, but I'm still dialing it in. Like the problem is that it usually like a month or so will go between times that I make stickers. And so there's things that I've gotta like figure out again. Where did yeah. I put the paper? Oh, is this blade dull? I got to go and get another one. But yeah. And it's not good for like mass making stickers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely not under that. I um, I ended up buying the cricket right around the same time that you did. And uh, man, that was a rabbit hole. <laughs> How do you like the cricket? I honestly, I really, I, I like it. Um, the, My only complaint and this is probably trivial but it's my biggest complaint is that i can't design in illustrator to size and open that in the cricket software and it be to size
1: oh you mean so, it, it automatically like scales or something
0: yeah it has like like it won't it, it doesn't scale it right so like so
1: okay so what if you started a document at eight and a half by 11, 300 DPI or something, and then centered it exactly where you wanted it. And then imported that whole document into the cricket software.
0: Um, I, I mean, essentially what you're doing is, is what I was about to say is like, I think the workaround is, is like, you just know, like, Hey, I want this to be four inches. And when you put that in there or you put something else in the image, that is a, a certain scale. And then you can use like their software to make sure it's at the right size that you want it. But to me, it's like, like decals, for example, let's say you have the Santa Cruz logo and you just want to cut it. Like if I had that in illustrator and I open it up in there, like I have to resize it to make sure that it's perfect. Oh man, that stinks. It's kind of a drag that way, but otherwise I really enjoy having it. Um, for me, I kind of bought it for the same reason as you, like I I do use stickered to get the decals that I I have on my my bike that are all, you know, professional and whatnot. But whenever I'm making stickers for the channel or I'm, you know, just want to like, sometimes like I I do better when I can see things in person. So I can prototype it here and look at it and be stoked with how it is. And then I can send it to somewhere to get printed. You know, you know what I mean? I I enjoy that a lot.
1: Um, sticker mule is just so easy. If you got to make a bunch of stickers and they come out so good. Yeah. You think we're boring everybody to death with the stickers?
0: I don't really care. Yeah. This this is my podcast. (laughs) We can talk about whatever we want.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I like, I like talking about stickers. I like geeking out about anything that we're like making or using,
0: you know? So go ahead. No, it's fun to go down those rabbit holes. I think that's what keeps life interest. Interesting. Like at least for me, I, I'm always, I think it just really has to do with learning because then I'm like, I, I have that thirst to try to figure that thing out, you know? And once I figured out how to make stickers, then it was like, oh, I wanna make shirts. So it's like, how do I do this vinyl how to do that, you know? And then, and you mentioned this on your channel and this is what really the reason I mentioned it to start with is I fell into the 3D printer. Like it had to happen next he had no choice. <laughs> yeah, it was just like that was the path, man. And uh, I
1: have uh I have held off.
0: I still. purposely purposely did not buy one for years because I knew how bad it was going to be. And I, so far I've been right.
1: Yeah, I uh it is it a huge time suck?
0: I think it's just, you know, it it's just like the cricket was, but except for okay, now you have to teach yourself how to do 3D modeling. Because really, like, to me, having a 3D printer and just printing whatever the hell you can find on the internet, that's right. not the reason I want it. I want it to, like, be like, oh, I want a bracket that holds this thing up. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And, and so, you ha- okay, you have to learn how to 3D model, which, let's be honest, like, to get the basics and get yourself rolling, it probably didn't take me more than a week of, like, to, to really get myself to a point where I was like semi-proficient, you know what I mean? But, um, the time suck for me though is then getting sucked into all the things that I want to make.
1: Sure. My main reason to get a 3d printer would be to print out creations from the audience or, you know, somebody from in the industry, I'm going to send you this thing or, you know, I could just tell somebody to make me something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of people that are way better. Even if I could mess around with it and figure out how to do it, there are people way better at me. They can make it. But what I found in just talking to people who are into 3D printers, they're like, it's not that simple. Um, it's not that simple because they might be, de- they, they have to design it for the printer that it's going to go on. They have to design it for the filament that you're going to use. And so there's going to be a pretty big learning curve when I start doing it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it right when I do it, I'm going to get a really, really good one that can make some durable stuff because I got some weird things planned. Uh, the yeah. next, the next year is going to be really weird and really
0: fun. Um, just let's say without maybe the spoiler, maybe you could throw something out there that you're not, you know, planning some series around. What are some of the things that you have like toying, like toying around in your mind for me? Well, I have a couple, couple, go ahead. No, I'm
1: sponsorless now Mm -hmm. and so I can do whatever the hell I want. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, let's start there. So I don't have a sponsor anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously like if I really wanted to, I could find somebody else to sponsor me, We had quite a few companies reach out and I said, you know what? Not yet. I, I, uh, this is the first time in years that I can do, I've been riding the same geometry in the same frame for like, since I think 2016. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's time ta- It's time I get that out there and experiment with things. And people have asked me, do you want to do bike reviews? Hell no. So yeah. the thing with bike reviews is, but I, but I have an idea. So the thing with bike reviews is that they're only interesting to the people who are looking for that bike. So right. let's say the journalist that's doing the bike review has to ride that bike for several weeks or several months to really get a feel for it to to it, to for that to feel like their bike to give it a good review. Right. And then they have to basically make up crap like, it feels really composed into corners. This year, they <laughs> went with a half a degree steeper on the head angle, and it really makes it handle better at lower speeds. You know, it's so dry. Nobody wants yeah. to watch that. And so, well, no, well, nobody wants to watch it except for the person that's looking for that bike. And to that mm-hmm. person, that it's going to be valuable. But that person, it's like everybody's a different size. Everybody's a different shape. Everybody has a different riding style. It's still like... Not that useful to me. The useful things are: how much does it cost? What does it come with? What kind of value is it compared to other bikes in its price range? Is mm-hmm. a company is the company easy to deal with warranties? Does it look sick? Yeah, you know that's that's pretty much that's what everybody really wants to know. And you can learn that by going to a trade show or mountain bike festival and demoing bikes. So mm-hmm. I want to do demos on the channel, not reviews. Mm-hmm. Demos. The first time I sit on the bike is the first time the audience is going to see me sit on the bike and we're going to get into trouble with it. And I'm not going to review normal bikes. That would be, I wouldn't do that. Right. There's, there's super weird bikes out there. The bike's either got to be like 15 grand or like 150 bucks or have something really unique or weird about it. Yeah. And we're trying to line up a bunch of just really weird things. And I'm going to have fun with it. I'm just going to at least go sponsorless for at least a year yeah, and see how it works out. And I'm even considering going with sponsors outside the bike industry, like just doing mm-hmm. normal YouTube ads, like at the end of the video, because then I'm not working with anybody in the bike industry. And there's just, I can just do whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it seems like I'd be everybody's worst nightmare if I did that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, that's interesting to think about. You know, I I I, I've thought about having non bike specific sponsors for the podcast because like when people listen to podcasts, they don't really care, but I don't know, like. For some reason, and I don't I can't really put words to it right now, but when I Mm -hmm. see like Squarespace on a mountain bike, video it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't feel like authentic to me you know what i mean like it, it gives me some weird feeling about the creator and uh um, really yeah and i, I don't know may, maybe some of the people in the comment section can say something about it but um like for me it's just like but if i see them like hey they're sponsoring this you know this video is sponsored by this bike company or whatever i also have a certain amount of judgment to that as well, but it's not the same as the ones that are like completely like off topic, you know, like, sure. And it could just be me. You know what I mean? So
1: I, I, I do know how you feel because that's why it was easier for me to just have a bike sponsor mm-hmm. and having a bike sponsor, it, it allowed me to do a lot of things. I was traveling more, meeting different people. It mm-hmm. legitimized me to some extent. Um, but at the same time, like, sure, we have a lot of mountain bikers watching this right now, and a ton of mountain bikers watch my channel, but not everybody that watches mountain bikers. In fact, Mm. probably half of them aren't mountain bikers. Like, think about it. Think about TV. Like, uh, I don't know. There's this show, I haven't watched TV in so long, but there was this show like Billy the Exterminator. I bet (laughs) you that most of his audience wasn't exterminators.
2: Right, right. And then
1: there's it. like, you know, like, so I, I, I aim to make bike videos that anybody can watch. Mm-hmm. And so it's it has that kind of audience. And maybe to some people, it would feel weird if I was doing a different ad. And it's certainly like, there's a reason I don't usually put ads on my videos is because I don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to edit the video and publish it. I don't like to sit there and figure out how to work a sponsorship into it. And if right. I did I would put it at the very end of the video so that you watch straight through and not get interrupted by the ad. But Yeah. I I have to find some companies whose products I actually like first. Yeah. So this the search is going to take a while. I'm going to have to find some companies whose products I actually like, companies that I think are are ethical and yeah. and then that'll give me the security to just do whatever the hell I want. And Yeah that to me makes the best content.
0: Yeah, those are the companies that um or that's the the way that I've looked at any kind of agreement with a brand at this point is just like would I be buying this if they weren't sending it to me for free? And then sure. basically that's why whether or not I want to like use their stuff, you know, and it and otherwise it's it's not really interesting. It's not of interest to me. You know what I mean?
1: I can't count how many mobile phone games have reached out to me. And I'm just like, no, I, if you yeah. paid me to play this, I wouldn't play it. Yeah. I just, you know, <laughs> um, I don't even use social media yeah. outside, <laughs> outside of my job. Like I don't even have a Facebook account really. So, yeah. um, or I don't, I don't actively use it. I I've deleted all my friends from it. Like I just, I have it so that I could like look at Facebook marketplace Right, um right. i don't have a personal instagram account if you're looking for it you're not going to find it i just have my um just Seth bike hacks instagram um, once, I,
0: once i started doing youtube and like all the social that came along with it i i have personal accounts i don't use them i i, I basically do what you do you know yeah. it's like use marketplace and every like eight or nine months, I'll like put a new picture on Instagram, you know, it'll be like, otherwise I just, I do enough social media with, with the channel that I don't really care to like be posting about my personal life, you know? Yeah. I don't want
1: anybody. I'm trying to get as much privacy as I can, like outside of the channel, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, social media is not my thing, but I want to do. I want to do some really weird things with bikes and products, and I want to build. I want to build my dream bikes too. Yeah. I haven't put much thought until now into what my dream bikes would be. People ask me, "Hey, if you weren't riding for Diamondback, what would you ride?" It's like I haven't really thought about it because yeah. they were so good to me, and I really liked the bikes. The ge- I especially loved the geometry. It just Especially my hardtail, like it really, really fits me, and I'm considering having a custom frame built
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, by like a professional frame builder, and the geometry would be pretty similar to what I'm riding right now. I might go a little bit steeper on the head angle, like because my hardtail. I'm usually, I'm usually using my hardtail either for cross country, like. Any descent like uh, under six hundred feet, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm using it for Berm Peak, and even though Berm Peak seems like it's like boom, 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 hitting jumps, you're probably not going faster than ten miles an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> even those even over those jumps. So I want a bike that handles well at low to medium speeds, um, and is really light and easy to throw around. And so I want like a dream hardtail, like the mm-hmm. the actual best best hardtail that I could possibly build. Well, you should talk um, to Hardtail
0: Party about that, man. That guy is on a different hardtail like every other day. He loves hardtails. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> I was going to ask you is, are you are you like a numbers guy? You always look at the the geometry, like the three no. head tube angle. So stuff I, like I'm that. not.
1: I'm not. I don't super geek out, but. If you're gonna have a custom frame built, you kind of have to geek out. I know my way around a bike, you know. I can I could tell you what, what I like. Um, there are a couple of ready-made frames I was looking at, and I was like, Oh no, the the, the reach is too long. You know, I know what I ride and what uh to compare to it, you know, mm-hmm. but but you can go really deep on that stuff.
0: Well, you the, know, the main the main reason I was asking is that. And I have a friend that's like that, that really like looks at the numbers a lot, but I can tell you, I've been extremely surprised by some bikes that number wise, Geo wise, I would have never thought that I would enjoy. And just because I rode it because of whatever happenstance, I was really blown away. So I, I think what I'm getting at is kind of what you said earlier is about demo and stuff is like, really just go out and try some stuff that yes. maybe doesn't even make sense. Because if, if I were you and I was even thinking about like, oh, this is the the frame that I want to build, I would still say go out and try a bunch of other stuff because, man, you might just get your, like, like your mind blown by something that's not even what you would expect that you would enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to do a lot more
1: demoing and I'm going to do a lot of the demoing on the channel. Yeah. So, but I have to make it interesting for everyone because like I said, not everybody who watches rides mountain bikes and yeah. not everybody who watches wants to like super geek out so if i'm going to geek out on something it's going to be on something really weird and interesting like
0: uh like that like one that like, I... has that crazy suspension system it looks like a praying man it's all like you exactly know exactly that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that and um there's that Nik- nikolai too i just saw that coming out of eurobike it's been all over the instagram today and it has the um well first of all it's a high pivot and and the chains like six miles long <laughs> but the thing that really caught my eye was that the derailleur is actually like tucked up into the frame so it doesn't hang below and that's kind of one of those things that i personally feel like the derailleur is like the worst component on a bike right now just because it's just it yeah, doesn't make any sense no let's go vulnerable. ride through a bunch of rocks and let this thing hang off the side down close I to the know. Rock
1: you know like that will be interesting yeah to see how how they improve that over the years um i mean one
0: one easy way would be okay well like the pinion stuff you know the gearbox is gonna take efficiency you always lose efficiency
1: it's got heavy components and there's tons of spinning (laughs) weight and resistance and the derailleur is still super efficient yeah. And yeah, I can't wait till they figure out a gearbox or something that works out. The bikes are going to be so much more. That's why I love single speed bikes. I just yeah. can't. I am not. I don't have the type of fitness where I could ride a single speed bike where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the climbs are too long. So I would either be stuck in a really low gear or stuck in a really high gear. And uh, neither neither works. Have you tried it? Oh yeah. I love single speeds. Well, when I lived in Florida for a minute, I, I rode a single speed for a while and I own a single speed here. I built one up and it's like, it's great to ride here. Cause I can just hike up a hundred feet and mm-hmm. take it down. But like, you can't go on a real ride with it. Yeah. And, and there's a lot, like some people who ride single speed bikes are monsters and they'll tell you, like you'll be in a conversation with them for five minutes. You just met them, and they'll tell you they ride single speed, Um, yeah. because it, you know, it proves it proves how badass they are. But yeah, it's
0: like it's like the uh, CrossFit of mountain biking, right? <laughs> but like a lot
1: of these people who ride single speeds, like if you really if you really see them on a ride, like they're doing a lot of hiking. Yeah, there's just stuff you can't get up on a single speed, but if the yeah. simplicity is just so sick like yeah. a lot of people would just ask why would you why would you ever have a single speed like why on earth would you ever have one there's so much fun same thing with a hardtail it's it's fun it's low maintenance you, there's no ghost shifting you never skip like nothing ever goes wrong with it it just works perfectly all the time you just beat the crap out of it yeah so- i have
0: one that i use for like road riding it's pretty flat around here and um that was one of the nice things was like, I never had to worry about any kind of maintenance with that kind of stuff. It was like, dude, I think I probably put over 2000 miles on that bike before I even thought about changing the chain. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's yeah, just crazy, yeah. you know?
1: Still works. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's just insane. So it'll be interesting to see what, um, what bike you end up on when, you know, like, Honestly, I mean the sky's the limit for you at this point. So,
1: I know. Um, like honestly, I don't feel like I need a new bike. My bikes, yeah. all my bikes, work great. But I have to keep the content interesting, and f- for my own education, riding different stuff and getting used to different stuff is is going to be really important to do. And so, I am going to have a new trail bike pretty soon, um, just to try something different. Also kind of nice to have a bottle cage inside the triangle. Um,
0: yeah. that But you're uh, short, so you might not yeah, – that might be a problem no matter what.
1: Um, I know. Like there's even some bikes where there's bottle cages inside the triangle, and then in the small size, it like hits into the shock or something. Yeah. I've seen that so many times, and uh, it's a bummer. But um, I'm determined to have a water yeah. bottle inside the, the uh, cage because I, I like to leave with nothing. I have all Man. the tools stashed in the frame, stuff yeah. tied to it and just be totally free. That's just, that's how I like it.
0: I didn't know that that was going to happen to me, but I, it has happened to me over the last few years. I, I bought this hardtail a while back and right around then I kind of did that thing where I I dumped the camel back. I didn't want to wear the fanny pack. And um, it, it is like a last ditch effort to like actually bring the the hip pack or i, I can't even remember last time i put a camel back on but it has to be like hey we're going super remote and you need a lot of water yeah. and like because i've definitely like gotten very um very creative with how i'm carrying water you know
1: yeah i mean out man out there you really gotta you really got to be on your water game strong. If I'm going on a really long ride and I can't get around just using a water bottle, like hydrating like crazy and then just conserving water and getting through the ride. um, Then I've got a, my, my next, um, my next option is to wear a hip pack. Yeah. And I can stash some water in there. You could also just throw a water bottle in your diaper, you know, just pull back your chamois and, and just stuff a water bottle in there. And then you have two um I'd rather do all that than wear a backpack I
0: just hate hate a backpack yeah I have one of those um those uh Lab Oster hit packs so that you can drop the water bottles in there so I put two in there and I can put two on my bike and that's almost as much water as what's in the big lead the big like I don't know what size that is the big camelback bladder or whatever that is the 100 milliliter or whatever I don't know yeah so it's big that's been pretty pretty good for me but more often than not I'm trying to figure out not how to not wear the hip pack and I did like you said I I bought one of those one-up pumps and the tool and I have the mount on both my bikes so I can just move the pump back and forth and um surprisingly because I used to be one of those guys like like Brian that carried like everything in his bag I know and, I'd rather just every once in a while be screwed. Yeah, and I've been surprised, like, how how well I've made out without all that other crap. Like, like, I don't know how many pounds of shit I carried around for, like, 10 years that I never used. And now it's like, you know, every once in a while you're like, well, I guess we're screwed, so, you know. Yeah, we're screwed, so let's, yeah, we're on an <laughs> adventure now. Well, yeah, yeah. you know what you start to do is you start to
1: just run a little bit heavier tires and... You know, the weight goes elsewhere, but I'd rather it there than on than straps around my back and stuff. Um, yeah. It just throws me off. But, yeah, you run a little bit heavier tires. You check your bike out a little bit better. And then things like Master Links, you can stow in your bike. I have that little Dakine Hot Lap gripper. Mm-hmm. And I have an inner tube, two CO2s, a spare derailleur hanger, uh, a poop-in-the-woods kit. I stuff yeah. all that stuff in there and like have it down really efficient. I should just like show everything I have in there one day. It's, it's pretty, Yeah. it, it almost, it, there's never, almost never a situation. I can't get out of with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have the tube strap, like the tube strap with the tube and some bigger, like ATV size, uh, tire plugs. And then I have the one up pump. I, I like, I prefer to have the pump. Just because I've had too many instances where it's like, oh, you use your CO2, and then like an hour later, you still need it again, and then you're like I know. So like I I always felt like I needed to have a pump, you know? That way I have like an endless supply of air. You know what I mean?
1: It is, but like anybody who's used a hand pump out on the trail, it's like, oh. Especially if you have to, like, seat a tire or something.
0: Yeah, well, that would suck. It really yeah. sucks. I don't yeah. disagree
1: with you, though. It is good to have an endless supply of air. Um, yeah. Like, if I if I do, like, if I have to bring a bunch of cameras with me, there's no way around it. I got to wear the camel back. Yeah. And then I just have a little pump in there. Yeah. But, um, but it stinks. So if you have two CO2s, you fix the flat with the plug. And if you don't have enough air, you can add a little bit with the CO2. And then if you're really screwed... Then you got to put the inner tube in and then you use that CO2 to pump it back up and then it's not going to fail. Yeah. Until it fails.
0: Yeah. Until you're like pinch the tire, (laughs) trying to get the tube in there and then, or pinch the tube, trying to put the tire on. And then you're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody has their, you, you have, everybody has their own like risk tolerance and what they feel is more important, you know? And so, yeah. But ultimately, um, I think the ability of wearing a, a shirt and not having my back all super sweaty and feeling that thing, like, thrown around, like, I, I never thought I would n- come to a day where I don't wear camelbacks, And now I'm, like, polar opposite. Like, I'm, like, how would I – could I, like, go the rest of my life without not having to wear one again? I know. Well, when I was a kid and I rode BMX,
1: it was, like, you get off of school – you put your backpack down. You get on the BMX. Like I dressed like a BMXer. Like I had my BMX shoes on all day at school. I had like a T one shirt or something on. Like I was, I was dressed exactly the way I was going to go riding. I didn't change, and yeah. um, didn't have a cell phone. It's just I just put my backpack down, got on my bike, and left the house. And you know, I don't even think they invented helmets back in those days, like two thousand one. Right yeah (laughs) so yeah
0: um i'm just a few years older than you but it was similar i mean there was like one guy probably in my whole freaking school that wore a helmet and everybody was like what's wrong with that dude and it was like his parents makes him wear it because he got hit by a car once you know like
1: it sucks that back in those days people would actually make fun of people with helmets. yeah but what was (laughs) the when did they start when did professional road cycling start requiring helmets wasn't it like 2002 or something i have no
0: idea maybe somebody in the comments can tell us but maybe that, somebody yeah. in the comments can google yeah. it i do have the pop-out chat over here yeah uh, just in I, case I mean, we need it yeah i i don't know man like you know growing up when we grew up it, it just wasn't a thing you know i i remember no Whenever I got into mountain biking, the guy that um, was an older guy got me into it. And he was like, when you ride mountain bikes, you ride it, you wear a helmet. So I like always wore a helmet riding mountain bikes. But I would go the next day, BMX, you know, doing huge jumps and all kinds of stupid shit, you know, no helmet. And it But it was like when I mountain bike, I always wore a helmet. And it even took me a long time until one day it dawned on me that, wow, when I'm skiing, I'm going like 60 miles an hour down an icy hill. And like, when I wipe out, I slide for 50 yards. I should probably wear a helmet there too. (laughs) You know, like just, it wasn't like bred into our DNA for the age that, you know, from when we grew up to wear helmets.
1: No, it wasn't like, um, well now there's this element of like, uh, shaming. Yeah. You know, if you don't wear a helmet, you get, you get
0: chastised. Oh yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent the opposite now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, you totally get chastised, which there was back in, back in our day, if you wore a helmet, you didn't get chastised, but it would be like, Oh yeah, this guy's got a helmet on.
2: Right. I don't,
1: I don't recall ever making fun of anybody for wearing helmets, but I remember people getting me fun of for like, especially in BMX because it was like, um, like, Of course, we had helmets when we rode BMX because if you went to a skate park, especially if it was like a paid skate park, an indoor skate park, the helmets were required. And so you had to own one. Yeah. Um, And so we all had skate helmets, but. See, all my friends, went out
0: like street. So we didn't ever, we never, there was no skate park where I grew up, you know. Or
1: like if I lived in a city right now and I was riding around the city, I wouldn't have a helmet on.
0: Yeah.
1: Because. I don't look at like unless you're going really fast, like road biking, like if you're just just crew like on a beach cruiser or something, just cruising around the park or just getting somewhere. It's I don't look at it much more dangerous than walking. Like, yeah, honestly, I mean,
0: you'd be surprised, though, man, like
1: I know. You, but people I, but here's the argument that people use. They're like, oh, well, well, it takes two seconds to put the helmet on. What's wrong with that? Well, what if you get hit by a car? It's like okay, so let's say that to every pedestrian in the whole city. It takes two seconds to put. What if you cross the street at the bus stop and you get hit? You can just put the helmet on before you walk to work. Before you walk to work, there's there's always a level of safety that's higher than where you're at. And I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a helmet. Like if you commute, if you legitimately commute to work in New York City, you're going fast. You're trying to keep up with traffic. You're weaving between cars. You should have a freaking helmet on, or you're you're, yeah, you're asking for it. But riding around a park, riding next to the beach, right? You live in a little subdivision and you're riding around to your neighbors. Like you don't need, I I wouldn't, I'm not going to say you should. I I wouldn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same, same ballpark as you. I mean, if, if like the lady and I are going to go down to the 4th of July parade and ride our bikes, we're not putting our helmets on, you know? Okay.
1: Here's the, here's the answer here in the United States or, or I guess probably Europe, May 5th, 2005 was when they required helmets in professional road cycling. I guess in – and then somebody else said that in New New Zealand, it was from like the early 90s they had to wear helmets. I guess they were smarter. (laughs)
2: They were smarter. But everybody
1: else – because like I guess (laughs) everywhere else, they were like it saves weight and it makes you more aerodynamic when you don't have a helmet on, of course, you know. I it's remember there was,
0: like, at a certain point, there was a lull that it was, like, anybody under 18 had to have a helmet on. And I remember I was already over 18 at that point because I remember thinking, man, that would have sucked out. You know, like, because I still had that mentality that of, like, you know, when we grew up, you know. But um, the helmets yeah, now, man, switching, switching over to that, like, they are, like, crazy comfortable compared to the ones back in the day, though. Helmets are awesome now.
1: And that's the other thing is back in those days, helmets were terrible. Yeah. They weren't selling as many of them because you didn't have to wear them. But now helmets are incredible. And like, they're expensive, but like, don't save money on a helmet. Yeah. Then you're not going to want to wear, then you're going to be bummed out about wearing it. Get one that's light and breathes well and it's comfortable. Like get the perfect helmet. Um, Because yeah, mountain biking is gnarly
0: yeah and yeah, road definitely.
1: biking is really gnarly
0: yeah those guys can really get cooking on there that's for sure
1: they can get cooking and they're like basically riding right next to cars you know it's not like taking a little stroll in the park at you know yeah five miles an hour but man i've smashed my head worse just doing everyday activities on my feet than on my bike
0: <laughs> so let me. It always happens
1: that. that way right
0: <laughs> right totally let me ask you this then because um you know we've already established that we kind of both came up in the not so much helmet days yeah I have been trying to make this really conscious effort on wearing a full face in in situations where I should probably be wearing a full face however it's really hard for me like to determine when I'm actually supposed to be riding wearing a full face because in my mind, it's always like, oh, yeah. no, that's for whenever it's like really, really, really serious, quote unquote. You know, for those of you listening, that air quotes came out. You
1: should don't don't look at it. The way you should be making those calculations is through sure probability. So think of it this way. We've all considered you're at a downhill park hitting jumps and going down gnarly tech trails. And you're wearing a full face helmet, a big, not a Fox Pro frame, a big, heavy full-face helmet because you know the risks, right? Mm -hmm. Then you go out with some friends and you pedal up to one of your like local trails and you're going down a really technical section. You're like, this is every bit as dangerous as the downhill park. Why (laughs) am I not wearing a full-face helmet right now?
0: That's what I'm struggling with.
1: Here's the calculation at the downhill park. You do it like 25 times that day Mm -hmm. and you don't have to climb And so you damn well should be wearing a full face helmet because there's no excuse not to you, you know, on that one ride, you're not riding like you've been at a downhill park. You haven't done enough laps to grow complacent and you're also not running the risk of dying of heat stroke. And so you have to balance that stuff out. So when you're at a downhill park, you're, you're just rolling the dice too many times. You're going to get, you're going to strike out eventually. And so you got to have what? the helmet on. And if you're racing, you are throwing caution to the wind. And so you should be wearing a full face.
0: Do you, what's up? What's like one of the longest downhill runs that's by where you're at?
1: Mm, I don't know exact numbers. I think there, there are few in the Southern. Appalachians, or as they say here, Appalachians, um, they're over three thousand feet continuous,
0: mm-hmm. they're and they're like,
1: definitely here that are well
0: between two thousand three thousand feet. So, what about like mileage? Though, is that like?
1: Five um, we well, don't. You know, I miles? don't really. I don't know. I always think of just vertical. I don't. I don't yeah. know mileage, but they're pretty long. Some of them are pretty long.
0: I, I think the reason that I ask is because out here we have a lot of really long downhill runs, you know? So like I could be doing a ride in Tahoe that I'm going to descend for like nine miles, you know? And um, that's that, that's that's where I'm like, should I have a full face on? You, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that is, it's not a bike park, but man, that's like, you know, that's a, a considerable amount of time uh, going downhill or like Downeyville, for example, that's a th- almost, I think it's 14 miles of downhill. You so know?
1: what is your, what is your opinion on climbing a fire road, with no cars on it and having your full face helmet dangling off your handlebars? You're pedaling uphill at two and a half, three miles an hour,
0: <laughs> uh, but you're not going to wear the full face during that. Well, I'll tell you what, this, like this one I have behind me, is like a, it's, it's not a downhill rated helmet. It's that but it could alley. keep your
1: teeth from getting knocked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, when I wear that and climb, it doesn't like, I can't really tell a difference between wearing that and a, and a half lid other than it's slightly warmer, right? Like I'd be bullshitting right. if I said it was exactly that just as cool as a, a half lid, right? But um, it's pretty damn close. I will say that the main reason that I almost never take my helmet off when i'm climbing the same thing that you just explained it's because out here we have these fucking pine cones that are like a foot long <laughs> and i've seen one come down and hit somebody's you know, like front tire and like they just fall out of the, t- the tree sometimes and you're like dude i do not want to get hit by one of them you guys
1: have some gnarly
0: pine cones for sure yeah we do <laughs> um so, otherwise yeah like, I- Every once in a blue moon, I'll take my helmet off because I'm like, it's just too freaking hot. But for the most part, I almost always leave it on. I don't even take my knee pads off when I'm climbing.
1: I but if I yeah. but if I have my knee pads are actually really comfortable and, and I, I don't ride without knee pads now. I'm really yeah. I like strictly always put on knee pads and it took me a while to get to that point. But I just smashed my knees so many times. that like I just if I show I, up I'm, someplace and I don't have my knee pads, I'll drive all the way home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, you feel naked.
1: But if I have a full face on and I'm going to do like a long climb, like a like an hour and a half, two hour climb, I'm hanging it off of my handlebars if it's a full yeah, face. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, unless it's a technical climb. Yeah. With some ups and downs and stuff. But like, you know, a fire road, like you're just basically yeah. winding up a fire road and you're going yeah, walking yeah. speed, you know, but I don't know what, I'm sure different people have different feelings about that.
0: Yeah. Um, but my I feelings, a,
1: I don't care what anybody else does, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Me neither, man. I'd teach their own. Like even people don't want to wear a helmet. It's like, I might think that's stupid, but dude, it's your life. You can do whatever you want with it, man. Uh, Yeah. You know, like I, I don't really feel like it's my place to tell somebody else how to live their life. I can have an opinion about it. You know what I mean? I feel
1: the, I feel the same way, but to play devil's advocate, I see why it does affect other people. Yeah, You know, it gives a place a bad name. It makes mountain bikers look irresponsible or like, uh, or now they get hurt out in the woods and now rescue personnel have to come out and save yeah. somebody that didn't, you know, yeah. that could have avoided it. But, but yeah, I think it's pretty rare. I see somebody out on mountain bike trails without a helmet. It's very, yeah, rare. very seldomly. Yeah. You know where you see that is like really easy to access, like touristy mountain bike trails. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really a mountain biker is there. It's somebody that took their bike kind of off the path, but you yeah. know, y- a, a real place that takes some doing to get there. You don't they, they have a Walmart
0: kind of bike, awesome. but they're not a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So if you, um, if you could go anywhere and, and ride something like, do you have any, any kind of like bucket list place? I recently, when I was in Jamaica, I, I, I rode while I was there. I wanted to ride there for a long time. Was it awesome? It was awesome for the experience. It wasn't awesome like epic just trails. Just to take it off. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Um, there's a whole bunch of places in British Columbia that I, I haven't even scratched the surface in British Columbia. And like everybody just raves yeah. about it. You know, it's amazing. And I still have not been to Europe on a bicycle. Like I I, really? I don't even know where the hell I would start. Um, and now I have a freaking 16 month old. And so, um, there goes that for a while, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to, I want to get out everywhere and see all these places. I think that British Columbia is really easily accessible to me. It's actually not much closer to me than Europe, but, um, the, you know, speak the same language and, um, I know people there and, you know, I have, I have some some ties up there so it, it does make it a little bit easier um i really want to get up to quebec city too brian mm-hmm. raves about that place mm-hmm. he says it's one of the best one of the best spots and yeah America. i would think
0: if anybody has a really good opinion on where to ride in the world he's probably the number like one of the number one people like i would put it, he probably has more riding experience than like most pros that get like flown around doing videos you know what i mean
1: he has an incredible amount of riding experience and then he has an incredible amount of experience as a mountain biker so like of being prepared traveling with your bike riding a new trail for the first time riding with new people like every experience you could have as a mountain biker you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who has more experience than brian um Eric Porter is another one with crazy amounts of experience like that. Like he's mm-hmm. like ridden in the Himalayas. He's ridden it like, you know, 20,000 feet, like hiking his bike, yeah. like over volcanoes and stuff. I mean, just nutty experiences.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: like on the border <laughs> of like Pakistan and India, like just yeah. nutty. Right, where like he's, you start to see the guys standing there with the guns and you're like, okay, <laughs> let's ride this direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're close enough to that border. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. He's such a chill guy too, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, Eric I is him, super chill. Yeah, I talked to him at uh at I think it was Sedona last time, and we were talking about getting back on the podcast. And yeah, he's definitely got a lot of experience that uh it's just, you know. It makes you you like think, man, what would that be like to have those kind of experiences? You know?
1: I know. Yeah, he is an adventurer. He's he's uh and he's been a professional, he's been a professional rider it to in some to some degree since he was in his early 20s. Yeah. He's been doing it for the better part of 20 years, um, as a slope-style rider, um, and as a mountain biker. And it's actually not so before YouTube came around, it wasn't so common for somebody to make their living off of riding a bike without racing. Yeah. Unless you were, well, without being in competitions, race races included. And Eric was kind of in that situation before he even did YouTube because he was, he was riding for Diamondback, helping them do media organizing trips. Um, and he was also helping develop bikes putting his input on geometry and stuff that's why I would like those bikes so much is because the slope style rider you know helped design them you know he make sure they're really fun to jump off of stuff with mm-hmm. um and uh he's he's really a unique individual uh in that way like the arrangements that he's had in the bike industry for so long
0: yeah yeah that's I I didn't ever think about mountain biking whenever I went places before I started my YouTube channel. And um, maybe, like, I would, like, go somewhere and, you know, you would be driving down the road and you'd be like, oh, wow, I wonder if there's some trails there. You know, like, something like that, yeah, that would I would think of. But after I started my channel is whenever it would be like, hey, we're going to go to, I don't know, Idaho for this thing. It'd be like oh i'm gonna bring my bike and try to like film some ride there or something like that and it really like has like now made me feel like whenever i'm going somewhere like that's actually something that i want to to be part of my trip because you really experience a place in a whole different light when you're oh yeah you're there on a bike so like that jamaica thing was like dude i rode my bike through a freaking jungle Like in a, like, we were using a taxi cab as a shuttle vehicle where you like take your (laughs) wheels off and put it in the back and then you get, they drive you up some dirt road and drop you off somewhere else. And it was like, this is rad. You know, this is like such a cool experience, you know? So speaking of
1: traveling places on a mountain bike over the last decade or so, there've been a lot of really big changes to how you do that. And like Trail Forks and apps like Trailforks, Forks, like basically yeah. crowdsourced mapping, which I guess Trail Forks, not really. Good. Yeah, it's, it's still sort of crowdsourced, but now they're charging all the people that they crowdsource it from. But, um, <laughs> which is you know, uh, but it's had yeah, a I had huge a
0: effect podcast on that a couple of weeks ago. You can go listen to that. If you I'll are. go and listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, YouTubers
1: get either you could call it credited or blamed for influencing mountain bike travel. Like, Oh, these trails are blown up now, or Hey, this town's got tons of trails and funding now because people are traveling here. You can, you can go either way bad Mm -hmm. for, for better or worse. What do you think has had more of an effect on that YouTubers or trail forks and apps like trail forks?
0: I feel like apps like Trailforks have more of a, a, a an influence than YouTubers do because there's a lot of people that you talk to that mountain bike that don't really like watch. Totally. But everybody
1: know. uses Trailforks. If you go someplace or, yeah. you've never been before, you yeah. have no other option. What are you going to buy a trail map from the shop and open it? Like people don't do that anymore.
0: Well, like when you first said that too, like – the way that i used to like if i did go somewhere and ride like say i used to work in um a place that had an office in portland and i would go up to portland kind of semi-frequently and if i wanted to ride up there there was no like real trail map to go like walk into the store and buy right so i would get on like mtbr forums and i'd go into the oregon forum and i'd be like hey i'm going to be in portland and these dates like Anybody up there want to show me around? And maybe if I got lucky, I would get a guide, right? You know, and now, or, or find a discussion where there was some intel on where everything right, was. Right, but now like you can just be like, hey, I'm doing this road trip between here and Timbuktu. And this is where I'm going to stop on day two. And you can just open up Trail Forks and be like, okay, that's where I can go. And I, I know, can know what yeah. direction to go and like everything, you know, so that that makes such a huge difference compared to like some people on YouTube making videos and you might not even be able to find that video anyway, you know, like, like it is
1: insane how many people use trail forks. And so here's the funny part back when you were going on forums and finding Intel about trails and meeting people, People were having the conversation of, oh man, remember back when we couldn't Google search forums and find Intel on trails? Yeah. And man, they had no idea what smartphones were, were around the corner, what that was going to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is
1: a whole different world.
0: Yeah. I want to hear what your, um, I, I could see there was a little, little uh, hesitation in your Trail Forks charging like face. And, mm-hmm. uh, I want to well, ask I, you, you know, like think yeah, about it. I mean, you're, you're a web guy in the past. Sure. You know, you know what servers cost, you know, what like bandwidth costs, like, how would you expect that to not be free? Okay. Early? So
1: I, I mean, look, I'm a free market capitalist. Like I totally yeah. get that people have to make money, but trail forks was always free and then you could pay to have extra mm-hmm. and i did pay to have the extra so that i had the full functionality of the app and i think that's a fair way to go because they're crowdsourcing the trail maps from the general public mm-hmm. so the app the reason the app is valuable is because they've crowdsourced all of this trail data and so mm-hmm. now all those people who have been contributing like there's some people who like really feel like it's their responsibility and they go yeah, out yeah. there and they're submitting tons of trails and they're making sure the data is good and they're submitting updates. And then they wake up the next day and now they got to pay for something that they've been contributing to. That to me is the only part that I know. it. I've always paid for it. So whatever, yeah. like it didn't affect me, but I understand why it rubs people the wrong way.
0: Yeah, no, um, I get it. I totally get it too. And there's yeah. plenty of people that are like, hey, you could just throw some ads on there. The one thing I will say that they, they mentioned during the, the podcast was you can still use the website anywhere for free
1: yeah yeah
0: so um, it's, it's really the mobile app that they're charging you for anyways i, I was just curious yeah. i mean it was i guess if you
1: have it. the i guess if you never updated the app you don't have to pay for it and but i think yeah. you
0: did i think it like somehow like they were like pushing and it's out cheap update or, yeah i guess
1: it doesn't yeah. cost a lot but but i i had I something had happened to my phone. I bought a new phone and instead of doing the restore, I just started mm-hmm. installing everything from scratch. I downloaded Trail Forks, and it was like you have this trial, and
0: yeah. then you
1: can't use it. And maybe there's a way to use it for free, but it, the way it looked to me was that I had no option but to register. But I, you know, yeah. I just logged in and I was already paying for it, so it was, you know, but yeah, yeah. It,
0: it, yeah they is, give you free is there a way like- to
1: use it for free?
0: Yeah, you can use the app for free, but it's like only in like your geographical area or something like that. So like, uh, have, okay. like a home zone and it's like you get Sacramento and that's it, you know, or something like and then that. You, and then
1: when you're traveling, you can't use it. <laughs> right. right. When you really need it. I get it. Everybody's <laughs> got to make money. And, in, and yeah, an app yeah. is going to be better when they have funding like that. Like they can update it and they can keep it going and everything. It's just like maybe if you've submitted X amount of trails. Yeah um maybe they should like maybe you should get like credits for that or something i, I think don't know. he
0: said that they had like the people that are like the big contributors like that they have a different program for them so but yeah it, it's interesting you know it's interesting to think about <laughs> i mean know. i love trail forks but i get yeah. why
1: some people were pissed when they sort of changed the subscription model a little bit
0: I initially resisted it too, where I was like, screw them, man, I ain't paying that money. You know, like it used to be free. And then um, it didn't take very long until I was going somewhere else. And and then that value was there. It was like, well, do I wanna see like where all these trails are and know that it's reliable data and it's three bucks a month? I was like, all right, well. Well, here's <laughs> what happens. Like, you know? like you find
1: an app that's really valuable and you buy it and you were always paying for it. It was never free, right? Trail forks was pretty free at one point. There was a lot of functionality that was free. And so it's going to piss people off when, you know, they change a subscript, you know, they, they remove some of the features or, or, uh, corral you into one area. Um, to me, the only sticking point, the only thing that I like, I understand the backlash is, there are these people that really felt like they were contributing to it and they were like yeah. part of it. And then all of a sudden they don't even have access to the, like the stuff that they submitted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You and know, I can, I can totally understand. so that. I get it.
1: I you pay see- for YouTube too. Cause I don't want to see the freaking, you know, the four second skip ads.
0: Yeah. I was just going to ask you that. You ever think that there's a day when they, they go to a model that's a, like a pay only model.
1: Um, what, wait, what was that question?
0: Like basically like where they they limit you on YouTube as well. You know what I mean? Like maybe that – do you think it gets to – there's a day? No. I mean, dude, there is an insane amount of data that they're storing. You know what I mean?
1: They're never going to make YouTube only pay because um, you're not YouTube's customer. The customer are the advertisers. And so they need to keep their traffic up and guarantee X amount of viewers to do it. Right. Right. YouTube's customers are not the the people who watch it.
0: You think well there's space if for they're another- paying
1: for if they're paying for YouTube Red, then they are the customer. But
0: yeah, yeah. You think there's space for somebody else to come in and kind of like actually give YouTube a, like a run for their money on on?
1: There already is providing a
0: similar service.
1: Uh, I I think it would be hard to offer something similar to YouTube. It, it would be pretty difficult. Um, I think YouTube's reached this point where you're, you're watching YouTube because that's where all the creators are mm-hmm. and you're creating on YouTube because that's where all the viewers are. Things could totally change, but as long as we have smartphones in their current form and computers in their current form, it's going to be hard for something to sort of fill YouTube space, but I could see people using their time to do something else. And like, here's where YouTube sits. You're sitting on the toilet. You're watching TikTok or Instagram mm-hmm. because you have that highly digestible, really quick stuff. They know how to... It, the algorithms are scary. They know exactly what's going to suck you in and keep you on the toilet for longer. You're like, I've, right. I know, wiped 15 minutes ago and I'm still watching this, you know? Right. Um, or, uh, yeah, it's dried up already. Now I'm, like, picking it off. Yeah. Uh, that's too, too, too much difference. <laughs> <laughs> but yet yeah, the algorithms are that good where it dries up. So, yeah, yeah. um, then you have Netflix and Netflix is when you're going to, or Hulu or any of those other services, Disney plus, if you're going to sit down and really commit to giving something, your full attention, that's where those services are. And those services are growing. Um, all of them are growing. um, netflix lost some subscribers but like that's just over the course of the last two years if you look at over 10 years i mean all these yeah. services are growing yeah, the only yeah. thing shrinking is cable
0: there now they're, they're, i think netflix is the number one user of bandwidth on the internet in the world um yeah yeah if i remember correctly like that's they're they're the ones that are they're they're like using more traffic than like than than porn which is like super high it sounds funny but like they use a lot of bandwidth too you know what i mean like
1: yeah but but so youtube is somewhere in between where you have like a 10 15 minute video or 20 minute video and youtube's more specialized you have more niches you have really really specialized stuff on youtube and i think it's also a little bit grittier there's a lot of polished stuff on youtube Um, but there's also stuff that's just as long as something on Netflix, just as engaging as something on Netflix, but a little bit grittier because the production is closer to, you don't need as much funding to get started on it. So it really fills this unique void and the biggest TikTokers are trying to become YouTubers. They're trying to start their own YouTube channel so they can get paid. It's hard to make a living on TikTok. That's the Um, thing that's
0: the only thing that I I think that there's a possibility that somebody else could do. Let's just say YouTube 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Right. Like, like I feel like somebody could maybe make a platform that's similar and may like somehow pay the influence, like the creators better and be able to actually like pull some of the traffic away from YouTube. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that if somebody's going to pull traffic away from YouTube, it's going to be Facebook because they already have the users there. They can already suck them into videos, and they already have a system that plays videos just like YouTube. And then YouTube's also stepping on like Facebook's toes with the YouTube Shorts. You know, yeah. and but but YouTube already has the people logged in. It already has the people who are willing to watch content, and they already have the way to suck you in. To have a standalone application that sucks people into just watching video seems difficult to imagine. I'm not saying it's impossible or even that unlikely, but I just don't yeah, see it's, it happening. It's really because,
0: leveraging Instagram yeah, now. I mean, just, you, you, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you didn't see that before but like with the reels and stuff like that you'll be on facebook and, and next thing you know you're looking at instagram reels and you don't even realize you don't even realize it happened you, you know what i mean yeah so, yeah yeah
1: um and i man i know that facebook is really useful the marketplace um the posts it's, it's become a pretty good video platform and the groups are so useful, but man, I can't stand being on Facebook as a, uh, as a, just like a user. Mm-hmm. I don't like spending time there. It gives me anxiety. It was probably around 2016 that I like deleted all my friends and got off of Facebook and mm-hmm. I haven't really been on it since.
0: What uh, was other it that gave me anxiety it about it? Like FOMO? Watching all my
1: friends and family tear each other apart about stuff they would never talk to each other about in real life. Everybody's putting their unsolicited opinions out there and, um, you know, there's no middle ground. It's like amplifies the extremes. And it takes people who, like, I, like, I deeply love people that are on all different sides and have all different opinions. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't let those opinions or their views on something, um, affect my opinion of them as a human being. Yeah, totally. But on Facebook, you see all day people like character assassination based on opinions. And, um,
0: yeah, it's unbelievable.
1: And it's sad because that's not all Facebook is used for. That's this much of what you can use Facebook for. is really useful yeah. for keeping in touch with people and there's the groups. But it's like every time you log in, they put something like that in your face. And even the most mundane post, you see like your crazy uncle or, and, and somebody else having at it in the comments. And it's just like I don't want to feel like the human race is like this. Like I'm just going to interact with people in real life and they're just they're way more reasonable.
0: Yeah, that keyboard shield is is a real thing, you know, where people just say things when they're typing that they would never in a million years say to somebody in in front of them. Totally. It, it's totally. unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. I don't know how that changes cuz something has to like something has to has to change, you know, like well, there has to be some kind of ethics that that Yeah how our society changes. Cause like the way that is affecting children nowadays is like unbelievable. Like it, it's, it's the amount of pressure that we yeah. felt when we went to high school about like feeling cool in front of our like couple of, of friends or our small high school or whatever is so much harder with kids now because they're like, Feeling that pressure from the entire fucking world, you know. I know it it, it is. That's really it. Yeah, my daughter's like in her almost twenty, and you can see the way that it affects her in a way that, like, I would never imagine that, like, it would affect people. You know. So,
1: so that's really it. When you are in the comments on Facebook and you're talking to somebody. Okay, let's say you really wanted to change their opinion. Let's say they said something and you think that they're misinformed and right. you really wanted to change their opinion. Have you ever changed somebody's opinion? No. The, the last way to do it is, <laughs> is to tell them they're wrong in front of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's They're going to double down. So right. you, would, you would private <laughs> message them and say, hey, I understand this is your viewpoint, but, you know, you might you want to talk about this i'd really like you to hear my viewpoint and if you approach them civilly maybe there's a chance that you could change your viewpoint but they're not interested in changing their viewpoint they want to signal to everybody else that they're you know i'm so virtuous that even this little thing pisses me off and i'm gonna call you out in front of everybody i know right, right. that's that's comments on facebook yeah, you know, or the bad ones. And, uh, so it's, it's not about changing people's minds. It's not about, um, any type of civility. It's yeah. that they know they're being watched doing it. It's different than a conversation you would have with somebody in private. It's not private.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it. some, something, something's going to change. I don't know how that happens without like, um, yeah, it's it's tough, dude. It's like I, I don't like I don't want to get like political or like it, it'd be really yeah, me, yeah. to slide down on some slope, you know. Like <laughs> it, it, it's just uh, nor do I want you know the people in the comments to get there. It's just it, it it it's like how do you do that without like infringing on people's rights or or how do you do that without like taking the ability to be human away? You know what I mean? It it well
1: yeah, I think that the problem is. So let's say there's an algorithm that chooses chooses the videos that are going to be the most interesting. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be normal stuff. It's going to be crazy stuff. And so it works the same with posts. A post that people engage with. So it pisses them off, or they agree with it strongly. Those and and the 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 further to each end that it is, the more it's going to show up. And that's what's made people just way more yeah. kind of split into different camps. And and uh, there's also the fact that Facebook puts you in an echo chamber. You start liking a post and now everything you see is that. And now you yeah. say, oh, that must be the way everybody thinks.
0: Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, if you want, I mean, there's a bunch of documentaries out there right now or like there's some good like Rogan podcasts and other people that talk about um, the way that the platforms are the algorithms are written, let's just say it that way. Um, it's it's interesting that there, it could be programmed different and it could change things completely. You know what I mean? It
1: could, but it would also yeah. make it harder for really interesting content to come up. Yeah. it's really. You know yeah. what I don't understand? This, now I'm usually pretty understanding of like why software is made a certain way. Cause I get mm. that it's not always as simple as it looks on the surface. And mm-hmm. so I get, like, if, Face- if they made Facebook, like, less likely to radicalize people, it also the best content wouldn't come up. And then their competitor could swoop in and have a more engaging platform and users would migrate there. Like, I get right. that. You know what I don't understand? I'm Berm Peak, right? I have a Berm Peak logo on my videos. Somebody else, 10 minutes ago, creates a YouTube account and they upload the same damn logo, the exact same logo... <laughs> They call themselves Berm.Peak, and then they try to scam my audience, and they don't have an algorithm that can pick that up? Yeah, right. Why can't they figure this out? It's like if an account that's this old has the same exact – how about any comment that has the same exact picture as a YouTuber over like 10,000 subscribers that posted on their video? Yeah. Maybe they should hold that for review by the uh, the YouTuber. Yeah. Now, I understand that if they, that would be a very easy algorithm to create, but it would have to run on every single YouTube video ever made and constantly scan the comments when new things come in. It would use resources on their system. Like, I get that. But, but like, I had somebody very intelligent who I know text message me and say, hey, Seth, my son was really excited to find out he won a bike. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, how many people have like fall fell for this and give their, gave their information out?
0: I had they one of my, me. yeah, I had one of my subscribers text me, somebody I had ridden with because they thought they want a bike from you. And they were like, yeah, I'm trying to get back to Seth, but he's not like, you know, responding or whatever and you know I guess whatever you told the them that was, was a
1: scam yeah
0: i was like dude that's not Seth man <laughs> You know, like i don't oh, know how else to tell you it's sad, like it breaks
1: though. my heart that there are probably people out there trying to get in touch with me who think that they want a bike or something and really they're just yeah. feeding their information to some scam artist
0: and i don't understand how like they're they can't be having some kind of like algorithm that is like pretty simply like hey w- we've gotten 15,000 freaking spam reports on this like excerpt of text. Like we should be able to stop all of that from ever happening again. Like, like I'll tell you what
1: I'm going to do about it. I'll tell you what I'm going to, I'm going to solve it on my channel. I'm going to, I'm going to weaponize my audience. When I see (laughs) commenters that are like, just like, like, that I see all the time and they're just, I'm going to click the little, I'm going to click the little dots and I'm going to just make them an admin. And then I'm going to let them impose their will on people and they can just (laughs) delete those or ban them or whatever. And I'm going to weaponize like a thousand people out there. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And there's going to be a little bit of, there's going to be a little bit of collateral damage. You know, some are going to go rogue and start banning people and stuff, but yeah, YouTube won't do anything about, I, I I'm left with no choice.
0: Yeah. Some, something has to happen you know the The thing is, is like they'll be doing it on other videos though too like it, it'll be like i commented yeah. let's just say i commented on like a single track sampler video and i'll get a uh things from from the lone rangers telegram account telling me i want a bike you, you know what i mean and so it's not even like it's it's your only on your own posts you know what i mean yeah it, it, you would it's think nuts. that like Yeah, They're
1: in every platform. And I don't understand. uh, So one day I should just like respond to one of them on a different account and let them suck me into their scam because I still don't understand how they are gaining from it.
0: Yeah, my assumption is that they're getting personal information for identity theft. That would be my assumption. It would be that, or they're going to be like, hey, uh, we need you to send this money for shipping or it's, I mean, I, I do it. So it's, it's the exact same scam. It's just, you know, how do you, how do you get either personal information or people to send you money? It's and, all about
1: user data and info nowadays. Yeah. And,
0: and and realistically what it comes down to is like when you have a bot that's making that post for you, you know, 1500,000 times, like you only need to get a couple of people at 350 bucks a day. And you're like a millionaire. You
1: yeah, but I mean? but but these posts are way – these posts are not being made by a bot because it looks too much like my username. It has the same icon, and then they say something very specific and, like, well-worded and researched. I mean, not yeah. well-worded, but it's like, but it's like, win a Santa Cruz nomad or something like that. Like, a bot's yeah. not going to come up with that
0: i feel like it's a bot that's that's posting them though it's like hey i write this program that says here's the uh top 15 freaking mountain bike youtubers i'm gonna pull their accounts and now i'm gonna target anybody that is at like commentating on these videos that are similar right and then you do the same thing with the top like moto accounts and you do the same thing with the top like freaking i don't know gift wrapping accounts and you know what i mean like toy unboxing accounts and it's it's the same algorithm that you've written and it's just like you have to like maybe write 10 different emails and now you've got you know a a million people that you can try to get money Uh, from you know that's why
1: we can't have anything nice (laughs) right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's crazy oh
1: it's crazy like here's where security has gotten so um so my phone, the charge port on my phone broke. Mm-hmm. The charge port doesn't work anymore. Um, something got stuck in. I tried to dig it out and I broke the little pins on it. And um, Apple warranted it, but they told me you got to go to Best Buy. So I'm like, all right, great. So I go to Best Buy. They're like, yeah, we have to replace the whole back of the phone. It's got all this stuff in it. It's going to take like three days. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I thought they were going to give me a refurb or something, but whatever. Yeah. So, right. so I just left the store without a phone. And I went home and I said, whatever, I'm editing for the next two days. I'll have my like iMessage on the computer. I'll be fine. So Tuesday rolls around. They're like, come pick up your phone. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to like pick up dinner on the way home. So I'm like, "Um, okay, once I get my phone, I'll call Amy. So I get the phone. I turn it on. And it's like, okay, start up your iCloud. So I type in my username, password, and then it's like, hey, we just sent a verification code to one of your other Apple devices, which just makes perfect sense. So right. just 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 click verify in one of your other Apple devices. I'm like, I'm at freaking Best Buy. I want to use my phone. So I'm like trying to find a way around it. I'm like, whatever, email it to me. So I go over to the computer department, and now I go to iCloud.com, and I log into my email. And then it's like, hey, this looks like a device you don't use. You can just go on your <laughs> iPhone and you can just ver- <laughs> verify this, <laughs> and so all of this, all of this, the root of this is just idiots who freaking scam people, they have to have all the security,
0: yeah. But that yeah. that
1: security protocol is confounding. I eventually figured it out. If you say text message it, it'll actually text message it to the phone and then automatically verify it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it was like I was in a circle because we can't have anything else because of scammers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the the sad state of the reality is that no matter what people will always be trying to scam people. And yeah. um, even if we fix all these ways that it is right now, there will still be uh, some other scam. Like it's like, uh, unfortunately that's just um, that's humans, you know, like, well,
1: the worst part is more people are getting into scamming. So like, the other day it was a sunday afternoon i get a phone call and just a normal guy with a north carolina accent he says hey this is this is um duke energy and uh we have a work order to shut off your power you know and your account is marked to and i said i'm on auto pay there's no i haven't been ever been laid on a bill like look into it like there's there's no way. So he puts me on hold for like 10 minutes. And I'm <laughs> sitting there on hold for like 10 minutes and I'm like I log into my account, everything's paid up and I'm like this, you know, what the hell is this? He comes back and he's like yeah, it's red flagged and you know, within the hour we're going to be shutting off your your power, you know, unless we get express payment. And I'm like read me my account number. Click. Yeah. He's got a North – he's like a guy from North Carolina, like a normal dude doing it. It's not like, you know, halfway around the world or something.
0: But the the ability now to reach a, a wider audience is so much easier than it was before. Like Yeah. So like a regular guy that doesn't know too much could get online and find out how to use some kind of auto dialer to – call 500 people and connect it to his phone whenever it finally gets through totally. you know what i mean whereas before it would have been like hey i have to go out to the phone book and i have to write down all these people's addresses and send them all a letter that says your uncle in east lithuania has died and we're trying to send you his money you, you know what i mean like yeah bit, so that the 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 ability to like spread that net is so much easier now the cost is so little per person yeah 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 and it's I think that's what it really comes down to. if they get if, one well in some of these plate like some of it like a lot of this a lot of it originates in countries that um have uh much lower cost of living so like they could hit somebody and get somebody for a grand and that's like that's like a three-month salary for like their whole house you know what I mean sure. like of people so sure. it, it it's like um and from and their that,
1: perspective they probably don't feel like they're doing anything uh, like um, wrong or unethical yeah. you know it's it's like uh it's like if we had like some like alien overlords or something that just like ate babies and we scammed them for, <laughs> we wouldn't feel like it was bad that's probably how they view us so yeah but uh but yeah. I'm still not gonna let them scam me
0: yeah no i mean it's 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 definitely it's it's an interesting world out there man that's for sure so yeah that's definitely definitely has a lot to do but about bikes there good thing it's my podcast right yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we got on that from the scam comments in youtube
0: yeah 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 it's it's definitely um (laughs) it's funny how, how a conversation can go so what are you looking forward to other than um the the lack of a a sponsor
1: i'm actually really excited for this year's content like Mm -hmm. really focusing really really focusing on content i think that i figured out what to do when the weather's bad i have all this content i can make in the garage Mm -hmm. um berm peak is running pretty good and there's some more features i can build down at the bottom Burn park is done and as much as i love Burn park and i love doing the project it was a huge time suck on the outside and now i'm not doing that anymore and so i can like think about it more mm-hmm. and i have a couple of things that i'm not going to announce quite yet a couple of like big things mm-hmm. projects that uh, are going to suck up my time but they're going to be fun and so yeah, we'll yeah. we'll talk about them eventually um I was watching yeah. your
0: stuff the other day, and I was thinking to myself that you've really done a good job of creating a huge canvas that you can create content on at your home. Like, thank you. You've you, you've done like a really really good job of that. Like, there's so much that you can make on your own property, where it's whether you're doing something with your property or even whenever you like. Ride the flip bike. You can, you have a place to ride it. You have a place to work on it. You have, and it's really, it's really interesting to think about. I mean, that was planned. It's like, you didn't accidentally do that. You know what I mean?
1: No, it was, it was a very conscious effort, but I I do that with everything. Like, oh, I need a tool for this. Mm -hmm. I look at it just like a tool. Oh, I keep doing this. I keep painting crap all the time in a box. Let me get this like tent that's designed to paint crap in. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. I'm like, i have always like testing these bikes and like going out into the woods and people are stopping me and stuff. I need a place to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, I didn't even think about that because that your level of, of success going out to a trail is like, probably a lot more effort than it would be for somebody. Like yeah. That. <laughs> if you, if
1: you're out there to really get something done, it's th- if you're out there just hanging out, whatever, you know, people yeah, are cool. Super rad. But, but um, yeah, if you're out there trying to get something done, sometimes it's difficult. Um, it is. And so everything that I built around here is kind of a tool. So when we were looking for this house, having a big garage was going to be a big part of it. Cause I was driving Amy crazy with the stuff in the house and mm-hmm. I had a one car garage Before that, I had a closet, you know, it's, uh, so just keep upgrading your tools.
0: Do you see your team getting bigger to like, continue to make more content with like burn peak express and burn peak and being able to,
1: if not really, Uh, well, to some extent, like maybe subcontractor wise, like I make, I make connections with people who can handle certain things, but Mm -hmm. I've experimented a lot, and what I've settled on is the less people involved when I'm making a video, the better, because Mm -hmm. I'm not a good organizational leader. I'm good at making videos, and Mm -hmm. so the more I just know what's in my head and do what I can do, the better. Now, Curtis, my assistant producer, he's really good at just helping realize my vision. We've been working together for quite a few years. He's great with the camera. He's a really good editor. We have the same exact taste in humor. And mm-hmm. so like we always know when something's going to be a good joke and stuff like that. And when I'm talking to the when he's holding the camera and I'm talking to the camera, I'm trying to make I'm trying to make him laugh. Right. You know. So so that works, but adding more into the mix Doesn't necessarily yield a better video or more productivity. The other thing that I've decided is here to stay is me editing. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how big I get, I need to edit. Like I have to do some editing. So I edit the burn peak videos and he edits the burn peak express videos. The burn peak express videos are more, I guess you could say YouTubey, but they're still polished. Um, I like to stay in the trenches because it keeps me sharp. Mm -hmm. And I, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And um, even if we can do everything we have to do and keep the channel running with those burn peak express style videos, there are things that I want to say and like insights that I want to put out there that I can only do if I totally produce the video. Mm -hmm. And so I don't see really changing up the way I make videos. Mm -hmm. I'll use other subcontractors and other kind of employees to maybe like on Instagram, people have probably seen that there are some reels Mm -hmm. and, and I have somebody who takes my videos and chops them down into reels. You probably seen the Facebook stuff. Yeah. I
0: thought Curtis that was doing that. that, There's somebody
1: else. No, Curtis isn't doing the Facebook stuff. It's somebody else. And, um, and I don't know, I'm not, uh, I'm not that involved with it to be honest, but I want to, I want to improve that stuff. I just got to find the time. I just keep putting it off. Um, I know some of it probably feels a little bit impersonal because I'm not involved in it. And so that's why I don't like doing more of that stuff. YouTube is where my head's at. Like people are like, oh, you know how much you could be doing on TikTok. And like, I see the value in TikTok. I'm sold on it. Like, I agree, but I just can't, I can't get myself psyched up and passionate about it Um, because I don't use it. The yeah. only one of these platforms that I use personally is YouTube. I yeah. never scroll through Instagram. I I use YouTube all the time. I use it for podcasts. I use it to to learn things. I use it for entertainment, um, and so I know how to make content for the other ones. I'm just shooting blind.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing that's nice about, you know, a couple of those platforms is like, you can make a reel and it can be a short, it could be a Instagram, you know, it could be a a TikTok as well. So it could really like fall on all, all all three of those platforms with the same content.
1: Yeah. You can, you can chop down a video into a reel and it also works for a YouTube short and also works for Facebook feeds. And so I want to do a better job of that. Yeah. Definitely, because there are people that want that. Because, like something like a flip bike episode, let's say I explain what an eccentric bottom bracket is. Mm-hmm. Um, that one section of the video can be made into a short, a reel, a, a feed video, and it would be really that's interesting. What I'm saying, like home. you could be
0: dropping that on TikTok yeah. there too.
1: We're and we're going to start doing that. We yeah. are absolutely going to start doing that because um, <clears throat> it's good. TikTok's a good platform.
0: I think at the end of the day, all it is, is you're trying to get more exposure exposure and and that's you know going to help your your business you know burn peak or whatever you want to call it continue to grow uh i i watched this uh interview with mr beast and he talked about having not only like the subtitles in different languages but having voiceovers done for his videos in different languages and how much it changed his his like that's where he grew a lot and I want. I, it made me wonder with somebody like you, because obviously you have to be making I enough money, enough money to pay for that, you know. Like, so yes.
1: So that's the thing. If so, if I put out the money and did it, it could very well succeed. But for, for Mr. Beast to spend that money and just try it to see if it works, it doesn't affect his life at all. Yeah, but that's an enormous expense because I'm not just gonna go on Fiverr and have somebody narrate my videos. I need, right. Yeah, yeah. I need like an incredible <laughs> narrator, and yeah. I would try and find like a mountain biker in the Spanish-speaking world or or German and and that everybody knows and have them do it. Like yeah. use somebody that already has a platform because I'd want to give my audience there something cool. I want them to yeah. put the emotion into saying it and not just not just read through it and overdub it. I'd yeah. want it like
0: yeah when and he talked well. about that he talked about that and them having some like QC process that it was actually, you know, what he was expecting and um and so I mean there's so there's companies out there that'll do what you're asking for and it, it was just really interesting cuz yeah. I never thought about that when he said something like it, i'm gonna pick a number he's having probably, celebrities do it yeah i'm gonna pick a number that's wrong or something but he said something like only like 10 percent of the world speaks english you know so like if you just dropped in like let's just say spanish all of a sudden you have like another 10 percent or something like that like all these people that wouldn't watch your content at all just because it's not in their language you know, i was you thinking
1: about i was thinking about like, doing it in like um uh like maybe Scottish or something. (laughs) 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 Then I could at least do the QC myself. But if it's in like a really a different language, I don't, I'd have to just trust that they're doing it well.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically they have like, I think they had like a third, like a a secondary person that would be like listening to it to confirm that it was saying whatever or whatever. But one way or another, it was, I I just thought it was was interesting because it was, he said that it, it just dramatically changed how many subscribers he had. His content though is a little more um widely consumable. But that's what totally. I assumed that you were doing by but starting Bermke Express. Germany in mind,
1: has a crap load of mountain bikers. I could do it in Germany and probably kill it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I would just be curious like if you did it with like maybe a video or something like that, like.
1: I should, yeah. I should start, I should start with, it kind of makes sense to maybe do like Latin America and just Spanish speaking world first, because there's so many people, but actually I think the second, I think second is Germany, like Germany, as far as like, um, a country, like it's it's hard to make the count. Ca- I'd have to sit there and look at look at all the Spanish speaking countries and add them all up. But Germany is so huge with my viewers.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: there's so many people there that can speak English that watch my videos that it makes up a huge percentage of my audience. And so yeah. Sure. yeah. But probably Spanish speaking, I would just have to find somebody to who is really good and animated to read yeah. it out. And then I'd, I'd start with my most viewed videos. Yeah. But man, that would be a big project. And I would just have to trust that they did it right. Now, I have been doing Spanish sub- subtitles in my videos. And, yeah. I, and they're done professionally. And they're done really well.
0: Yeah. Um, so, like, what if you just did other languages' subtitles then, too? You the know?
1: subtitles don't seem to have yeah. any effect on the videos. Really? The traffic. I know people are using them. But, like, I, it doesn't seem to have any effect and so I think you have to do it all the way. I think you have to get a voice yeah. actor and like like do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think
1: you really yeah. do. And so I really should I'm probably leaving a lot on the table by not trying that. Um, yeah, but okay. uh and if I lived in Miami still, then it'd be really easy. But uh I don't know any Spanish speaking people around here. So <laughs> I used to be like ninety percent of my friends down there
2: yeah right i could yeah. just say
1: you know you want to do it
2: right but um
1: <laughs> but uh no i don't have access to as much culture here yeah, yeah. um so I, I really have to i really have to just reach through the grapevine and and just make sure it was being done right i i, I really should do that
0: could you I see should. yourself doing some other kind of content like i i feel like burn peak express was a way for you to really diversify and be able to have yeah. some content that's like consumable by anybody. Could you see yourself like yet something else? Do you feel like you have as much creative freedom as you want on that? Like I, yeah. So I, I don't have any plans to do that, but I've considered like,
1: Hey, what if mountain biking just like try up for some reason? I couldn't make a living making mountain bike content. I think I would be able to figure out how to do something else. There's lots of other stuff I could do. Yeah, I feel like you
0: can just run with, 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 you know, whatever you're doing on burn peak express and just kind of feel your way through it. Yeah.
1: I feel like, um, mountain biking is really interesting because I know a thing or two about it. And so it's easier for me to make the content on it. It's also exciting. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's the fixing part of it. There's the geeking out about parts. And then there's also the trail building and then there's the actual riding mountain bikes and you hit jumps and stuff that that's, fun. You know, that's, that's exciting. It's a lot more exciting than like, you know, making, you know, pottery or something. So, (laughs) so mountain biking does have a lot going for it, but at the same time, um, I don't think that's what necessarily makes the content successful. I think um, not being afraid to boil things down in a way that people can understand is what, what makes it successful. Like um, a big mountain bike media outlet they're talking to mountain bikers. Mm-hmm. I am not assuming that the audience understands anything, but the very basics. And so I'm, and it doesn't seem to turn off actual mountain bikers and it makes it more digestible by the general public. And I have a lot of people that come up to me like, Hey, you're the only channel like my wife will watch with me yeah. or like, you know, whatever your significant other that doesn't mountain bike. Like, um, I get that all the time.
2: Yeah. And,
1: I think that's what makes it work. Yeah. And I've always done that because that's what I like to watch. I like to watch somebody that, like, I love Matt's off-road recovery. Like, I don't do any, well, I do some kinds, some recoveries. I get the gator stuck here and there. But uh, but the people watching don't all, they're not all vehicle recovery experts. Anybody can watch it. It's interesting to anyone. or. Yeah. You know, those HGTV, like, home remodeling shows. It's not contractors watching it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, w- so it's weird that not a lot of other people in biking do it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it totally is. Well, you do an amazing job at at, um, at what you're doing. I mean, obviously, Thank the numbers you. don't lie. So I um, can't believe that it's two hours, and I still feel like I got a billion things that I'd, I'd love to talk to you about. So we'll have to save that for another episode. I really appreciate you... Yeah man I really appreciate you uh hanging out with me. I know it's late back there for you but it was a good time chatting like it is every time so. Thanks for having me on. Yeah man just what one of these days man this podcast will be big enough I'll be flying you out here and then we'll be able to go ride. There you go. You know. <laughs> Once I get that big sponsorship deal I'm I'm going to look for Diamondback now that they got they got an opening. <laughs> Maybe they might right anyways man i'm i'm uh really really appreciate having you out here and or having you on the on this show and chatting with me and uh like i said it it's it's nothing but a pleasure every time we hang out
1: and be. thanks robert yeah it was, it's yeah. always a good time uh, we'll <laughs> do it again soon
0: for sure. All you guys out there, obviously, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, please do do me that favor, hit the button. You can also swing over to my other channel. It's just biker v1k e r. It only takes a bike to be a biker, right? So swing over there. Thumbs up on this if you enjoy it. If you like podcast. That's what this is. It's here live on YouTube, but it's also on your favorite podcast apps. So you can swing by and listen to it there. You can even write a five-star review if you feel like it. I went yesterday and took a look. Somebody wrote me one just the other day. Thank you very much. You could be the next one. I really would appreciate that. If you have the time, sit down, write something nice, hit five stars and and make my day because it always feels good when I see something like that. Uh, outside of all that, I really appreciate all of you guys for sitting down and listening as well. It really means a lot. And remember, if there's only one thing you get out of this, it only takes the bike to be a biker. So get out and be one. <laughs>